Welcome to the Good Trouble Think Tank podcast, the show where you can get into good and necessary trouble. My name is Renee Clark, your host. Thank you for listening to my show. Welcome back, Good Trouble Think Tank listeners. Today we have our special guest, Good Trouble Young Future Leaders of Tomorrow. It's such a pleasure to speak with our young people today. Thank you. So my name is Trevor and I attend Largo High School. And my career path is really going towards corporate law. It's something I have really been working towards for quite some time now. And I plan on attending a four-year college. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Rayana Morris. I currently attend Parkdale High School. As far as my career path, I do want to go into the field of medicine. Uh, I'm looking at, for college, I do want to go to a four-year institution. And I would like to go to Georgetown University or John Hopkins University. I am heavily involved with the political aspect of my school. And recently, I completed a program at the University of Maryland in medicine. So it's been fun. Hi, my name is Priscilla Seda, and I go to Laco High School like Trevor. And what I wanted, what, what my career path for the future is a freelance writer, animator, digital artist, plus artist, writer, and more. Also, I want to be like a blogger and a vlogger. And what I really want to write about is like a book on psychology, mental health, and other stuff. What is your vision for being a future leader of tomorrow? So something I have really been thinking about of young future leaders of tomorrow, it's really the presence of you working right now and preparing for your future. Um, And that's tomorrow. So for me, the leadership roles that I have been taking in account was just helping out in my community through campaigns, um, helping out different board members, all sorts of things like that. All of that is building myself so I can build tomorrow. So tomorrow can be better than today. So that's what I'm hoping for. I would like to agree with what Trevor said. Uh, At a young age, uh, we are still working to identify, you know, the faults in the world and how we can make it better. So naturally, our minds are more creative and optimistic and making changes for the better. Our minds are like ever evolving, allowing us to develop creative ways to solve an issue. And since we are preparing for the future, our voices and our thoughts are essential when it comes to new innovations. And so this generation is like more aware of diversity and inclusion. So our our thoughts are, are flexible and inclusive of all beliefs, races, and ethnicities. Utilizing our minds uh, and opinions allow space for uh, modern and realistic perspective of life today, which will then prepare for the future tomorrow. So just kind of get a little background about your beliefs. Did you gain your beliefs and how you feel about things from your family, maybe church or from your peers? I mostly say it came from what I see in the world. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, I would also agree. My core beliefs uh, come from my family and my religion, but parts of it has been inspired uh, by the world. I moved here from Jamaica, where the country is more like on the reserve side and conservative and strong in their religion, which has taught me the value of faith and family. And it also has helped shape me in who I am today, but also coming to a place like America that's so diverse and witnessing the differences that everyone shared and how we can all cohabit and move forward and make change and blend in as one. It has taught me how to be a representation, not just for one group of people, but for all people. So in a way, um, it's like half and half for me. I've been inspired by my family and I've been inspired by the world. And so my beliefs are like a blend of both. For me, my beliefs were very different. Um, at first, it was religion and that's something that I was all in and I still am all in. Um, but I think as you hear a lot of news, in society, we start to speculate different beliefs. And sometimes our beliefs are one way and you start to go back and change like, is this correct? Is this not correct? And, you know, as I start to have that close bond with my family, I have to realize that, you know, in society, there's a lot of news. Um, there's a lot of things that people say, this is, this is the correct way, this is not the correct way. There, there's a lot of news out there. And one thing for sure is that sometimes we have to stay balanced into our own religion and we have to be grounded, not just with our family, but also with ourselves too. So that's something I have to keep in mind. What are some things that a candidate would have to stand for in order to get your vote? For me, it would be good representation, respect, and trust. You want to be a walking advocate for your for the society you are represent representing. When all the spotlights on you, you may fall under pressure, and society needs someone who is willing to go against the odds of what is normalized. Um, trust is really a big thing today because many communities feel underrepresented and have lost trust in the government. Also, I think we'll also be needing honesty when it comes to voting. I think all about candidates, they want to get their votes out and the encouragement of voting is something that is very, very, very crucial. And a lot of people, they may step away from voting because they don't know who to vote for or they don't want to get involved in voting. And I think just in the part of voting is something that I think is amazing. You find who you want to vote for and then not just what you want to vote for, but seeing what your beliefs are, what your morals are, can that make a change? Listen to our voices. Because in our voices, you all identify the pain, the anger, the buildup of overall emotions and the tiredness people have. And a lot of the injustice that takes place in society is, you know, repeated. On, when you turn on the news, oftentimes you see 
gun violence, you see murder crimes going up, uh, you still see students receiving poor education, you see undeveloped, underdeveloped communities receiving poor government assistance. And so when things are repeated like that, it becomes easy to kind of identify a solution to how to resolve these issues. However, you won't gain any experience or insight on these issues if you don't listen to the voices of the people that you are representing. You know, just to get a list of issues and go about solving them blindly, it will lead you nowhere. And so you end up really not doing anything during the time in your position. So you really wanna build a connection with your community wherever you're representing because they're the people that really know the injustice that's taking place. And they're the, real, they're the people that you need to go to in order to develop these solutions because they know what they want to change in order for them to thrive in the society that they live in. So just by listening to people's voices, you'll hear the hurt, but you'll also hear the solutions that they have because from a, coming from a person who's been sitting in the crime and violence, they kind of develop an idea of what the government can do to make a change. And so just by hearing them out, listening to them, building a strong relationship with people all over the community will really help you and they'll support you. They will support you if you want to make the change for them. But they, it's like their voices are of no use when you kind of overlook them when you're going about making your decision on how to make a change in your society. What comes to a lot of issues coming up on the news, gun violence, um, a lot of social issues and economic issues, you find um, global warming is something that we find in our society today that has really been an issue, um, even inflation. So you look at that, you look at who is our candidate, how can we get our voice out? How can we find, what do they have to say about that? What are their thoughts? Because knowing, knowing them on just a flyer or just on social media and just scrolling, that's not knowing them on a personal basis, knowing them from like a one-on-one -on -one standpoint. And by you knowing them is really going to make the difference from a vote to no votes. What are some of the contributing factors to this black on black crime? Because, you know, we say black lives matter, but we're killing each other. So what do you suggest that our elected leaders do? Or what do you suggest that members of our community can do? Systematically, like people of color are displaced in underdeveloped communities, meaning they have horrible like infrastructure, uh, poor education, which automatically sets them at, at a disadvantage to know politically how to resolve some of the issues they face in their community, um, poor government representation. And so they're greatly affected, affected by these sudden shortages and inflations. With no access for help, there really isn't any guide, guidance to what a good life consists of. And, you know, in these neighborhoods, you really don't see anything positive, like an organization about mental health, an organization about balanced nutrition. But what you do see is like the promotion of songs or movies or anything in the media that promotes violence. Mm -hmm. And so that gaslights them into believing that robbing is okay, killing is okay, or violence in general is okay. And it like fires them up to go out to do the wrong thing. Um, we want people to have common sense and do right and not wrong. But if 
all they have access to is wrongdoing, then they're going to do it. And what you see um, in the media, like stuff like the president funding other countries um, as a form of relief while people are still here struggling, you lose hope. You lose hope that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And so you turn to guidance from your community. And even though it's full of gun violence, poverty, unbalanced nutrition, you don't care because it seems as though it's the only path in life. And it's unfortunate to know that you don't have control over your own destiny and to know that a place constructed to honor and protect is failing at that. And it's heartbreaking to know that so many lives will be wasted because of current political injustice. But for the Black community as a whole, a movement has to start within our race and a healing has to start within our race before we can see great change in general society. Mm-hmm. Or if we don't, the same fight that we're fighting today, the same fight that we were fighting 10 years ago, is the same fight that we're going to be fighting um, in the future. But in order for us to come to realization that there is change out there and there is a better life for us out there and violence isn't the only pathway, we have to be put in communities where there's exposure, exposure to a better life where there can be healing and there can be aid and there can be relief and there can be help. But when you're placed in an area where you look around and it's just bland, there is no help, you kind of, your dreams kind of become dense and you kind of just start to lose hope, which is unfortunate for for the black community because we're full of greatness. And I just also feel like, like in school, you really aren't taught, all you're taught is like, you know, slavery and stuff like that. You really aren't, aren't taught, taught, sorry, that black people also can descend from greatness. And so just by doing that, you kind of condense the minds of young African-American students, making them believe that all they're capable of is really of nothing great, which is unfortunate again. So um, we want to become better and we want to do better, but we also have to be given better from the government. And if that doesn't happen, then we'll continue to see these black on black crimes. You know, one thing I was realizing is that you were mentioning on black on black crimes and, you know, that is, it's very broad, but look at how an aspect of just the LGBTQ community and how that they're still black, but you know, how they approach themselves is differently. And, you know, being black is one thing how society takes you. And, you know, you're from a different spectrum from, you know, how society looks at you because, you know, yes, you're not white. Yes, you're not um, a man, but how society looks at you is different and in the area that you're living is a lot different as well. So being at that um, society where you may be LGBTQ, a lot of the people look down at at that area. Um, You look at how a lot of the people are trying to fight for their own justice, um, trying to um, do the whole flags, um, saying why um, LGBTQ lives do matter. And knowing that is something that is very important. A lot of cultures and ethnicities do matter, but specifically looking at um, black on black crimes, black on black crimes is very important because I feel like that's more than just 
a lot of um, white cops just, or specifically like a white man shooting a black man or, um, or even a black woman. Cause that's, that's very prominent in our today's society. Um, specific example of George Floyd. We saw the video, we saw what was happening. What would you like to say to any elected official? One thing I would say to elected officials is don't lose your passion and don't lose, don't lose your passion to fight for the justice, the community you're representing. Because once you start to, once you're, when you start to dim your fire, because when you know, when you're elected, when you're running to be elected, you're on fire, you want to make so many great changes and connect with so many people. But then once you are elected, you kind of, you're just there and you're really not making any form of change. So just don't lose that passion. The same fire that was in you when you were running and conversing and connecting with people, keep it in you to last through your term because in it you'll find that you'll make great change and you'll do great things for a diversity of people because each day you wake up with the discipline and the motivation to do better and to be better. When you lose your when you lose that passion in you, you kind of dim your light and you dim your capability. And then in it, you find yourself really not doing anything. You find yourself stuck and the struggles that existed before you were elected still exist and maybe even maybe even in worse conditions once your term is up. Have you ever thought about running for office? Yeah, I actually thought about running. Um, something I am trying to plan on doing in the future is run for president. I know it's like very, very far down the line, but I think planning what I'm doing now and the platform that I have started when I was in the 10th grade. Um, and that was just like being in campaigns, talking with people, networking has really built me as a person um, in that social aspect, as well as just in the community as well, just to know what they want and to also get that feedback to know what I want as well. And then that pushed me as a person to know, well, if I can do it, then I can eventually do this for an entire um, globe. So that type of energy, I was like, what thing can you do that can impact me? And what can I do to impact you? Okay, awesome. Well, thank you future leaders of tomorrow uh, so with that thank you again for joining in today for a conversation about our tomorrow about your future thank you so much for carving time out of your busy schedule to hear what was shared on today's podcast be sure to visit my website getintogoodtrouble.com that's G-E-T, the letter N, the number two, goodtrouble.com. Follow us on social media. Until the next time, be safe and be well.